Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today we're going to talk about the revelation of El Shaddai and Jehovah Jireh. And these reflect two aspects of walking in God's financial blessing, of receiving and giving. See, divine prosperity is a flow of God's blessing to us and through us. As, as it says, God says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. The key principle of receiving is faith and the principle of giving is love. And so to walk in God's plan, we have to walk both in faith that receives the blessing from God and in love that then causes us to give from what we've received. So by giving, we become fruitful in our prosperity, our blessing increases. God wants us to be blessed with prosperity and blessed in every area of our life. And, and first of all, it's through meditating in the Word of God that we receive faith to trust God and to receive the blessing. That's how it begins. We must receive first before we can give. Jeremiah says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and flesh and makes flesh his strength, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So that's the first thing. We must trust in the Lord and receive his blessing. Then, by having a loving a generous heart, we increase in blessing through giving. You know, it's not wrong to be blessed financially. It, it, prosperity is good as long as you're generous with it, especially towards God. You know, God has always blessed his people, but it's not for us to hoard it. It's that we might be a channel of blessing. So the more we're able to receive from God, the more we're able to give. And so faith receives, love gives. It's not one or the other, we need both. And that's what we're covering today, receiving and giving. Faith and love work together. And of course, the greatest of these is love. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And, but we, we receive, of course, from God, not by our works, but by grace, by faith, receiving God's grace. Our faith hooks up with God's supply. That's how it begins. We've got to receive before we can pass it on. And... We're going to see that these two aspects of walking with God in his blessing is shown in the life of Abraham. And God revealed through two experiences in the life of Abraham two of his names that show us these two aspects. See, Abraham is the father of our faith, so this is an example for our life as well. And the first is the revelation of El Shaddai. In Genesis 17, see, God had promised Abraham a seed through whom the covenant blessing would, would continue. And the only problem is he didn't have a son. He was getting on. Sarah was barren. It seemed impossible. And yet Abraham was not fully believing God. He was still looking to his flesh. And so he went into Hagar, Sarah's maid, in Genesis 16. And he thought, maybe by myself by my flesh I can make God's promise come true and this is a classic picture of us trying to fulfill God's promise in the energy of our flesh rather than looking to God to supernaturally bless him he tried to do it himself and as a result it says that when he was 86 Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram the child of the flesh then the very next verse in Genesis 17, it says Abraham was 99. 13 years have suddenly gone by. Why? 
He was out of fellowship with God. He was trying to fulfill it in him, his own strength. And God passed over those 13 years because there was nothing worth recording about them. And so Abraham is about to learn the first big lesson in faith. He needed to learn how to receive a supernatural blessing from God. And the first key that you must have in your understanding is that you come to the end of yourself, of trusting in your own flesh, of your own righteousness, your own works. You've got to come to the end of yourself, of trusting in yourself so that you put, can put all your trust in God. It's like that with salvation, isn't it? You cannot receive salvation by putting your trust in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life until you realize you cannot save yourself. You've got to repent from trusting in your own works, in your own goodness, and then you qualify to receive God's grace. God gives his salvation on the basis of grace, and therefore, you, until you come to the end of your own works, you cannot receive. So Abraham had to come to that point where he realized he could not do it himself. To receive any blessing, you've got to come to the end of yourself. You've got to have the revelation you can't do it in your own strength. This is brokenness. What's broken is your, the, your trust in yourself to fulfill God's purpose so that you depend on, totally on God. It's like a death. You die to the, yourself in that respect. This is the principle that you, that you see God and God alone as your source. Because while you're trusting in something else, you can't trust completely in God. And so this is where Abraham had to reach this point before he could receive the blessing of Isaac. And he had reached this point now in Genesis 17. He trusted in the flesh and failed. And so now God appears to Abraham, and now Abraham's ready to receive it God's way. And God is correcting him in verse 1. It says, when Abraham, Abraham was 99 years old, that's a significant number. It says, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I'm El Almighty God, El Shaddai. This is the first mention of El Shaddai in the Bible. This is the key revelation of what El Shaddai means. He says, walk before me and be blameless. 99.9, you see, is the final digit. It's the number of finality in judgment. And, and it means that at 99, Abraham has now come to the end of himself. And what God wants to do, when you come to the end of yourself and now you look to God alone, then God's grace can come in. So that when he is 100, which is 5 times 25 being the number of grace, he, now God's grace has come in and gives birth to Isaac when he's 100. And so when Jesus said, Amen, which means so be it, that's, that's settled now, that's final. That, he, it, that is done 99 times. And the number value of that word is 99. Finality. And so when he says Abraham's 99, it means he's come to the end of his natural strength. He's reached the point where he knows he and Sarah can't have a child. He totally counts himself dead as far as his flesh is concerned. That's where we need to get to. By a combination of revelation and experience so that we trust in God alone. And notice God says, I'm God Almighty. This is a great moment. God reveals himself as El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. The God who shows himself strong to us when we're at the end of ourselves, when we're in a place of weakness and we're looking totally to him, then El Shaddai will show up 
and manifest his strength in our weakness. God says to him, walk before me, stop trusting in all these other things and look to me and look to me alone and I will be El Shaddai to you. He says, I'm, the, I'm more than enough to give you the strength in your weakness. Stop leaning on the flesh, look to me, is what he's saying. And he says, I will make my covenant with you between me and you and multiply you exceedingly. Look to me, I'll do it. And that Abraham now comes into faith. But he is now ready. It says he fell on his face. That means he worshipped God. He's now submitting to God. And God talked with him. Praise God. Now he's ready. And now God declares in verse 4 to 6 what he is doing. But as for me, behold, my covenant's with you. And you will be a father of many nations. There's the promise. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but you shall be called Abraham. For I've made you father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. God now infused him with grace. Now that he was ready, his grace went into the middle of Abraham, his supernatural blessing. And that's shown in the change of name. You see, the difference between Abraham and Abraham is the breath of God. God breathed his life into the middle of his name. That's the H. Abraham, Abraham. And now this is a supernaturally blessed man with the blessing now on his seed, enabling him to bring forth Isaac. God did the same thing for Sarah. She was Sarai, and then with the H, she is now Sarah. And so they, she was blessed to conceive in her womb. And so they were able to have Isaac through the blessing of God. But he had to come to the end of himself, look to God alone, and then God was able to impart his blessing to him. Praise God. God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, you will not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be his na- her name. And I will bless her, and I will give you a son by her, and I will bless her, and she'll be a mother of nations. Hallelujah. And it says in Hebrews that by faith, Sarah herself also received strength, received the power, received the blessing to conceive seed. So Abraham's seed was blessed. Her womb was blessed to receive seed, and she bore a child even when she was past age. Praise God. And that's the picture of how to receive the blessing from God by faith alone, because now you put all your faith in God. And this faith is described in Romans chapter 4. It says, Abraham's our father in verse 16. You see, the blessing was tied up in Isaac. And so receiving uh, the blessing is, is actually pictured in, in Abraham and Sarah receiving Isaac. And there are two steps involved here. And the first step is in Romans 4.17. It says, as it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. That's the promise. Now it says how his faith worked to receive it. This is how we receive the promise. It says, in the presence of him whom he believed, or before him. That's a commentary on uh, Genesis 17.1. He said he was now looking to God. He was walking in fellowship with God. And it says, God who gives life to the dead and caused those things that be not as though they were. And, and God is saying, walk before me. Uh, and I like to think of it, dance with me, like ballroom dancing. Follow my lead. I'm going to move, and I want you to move with me. And God describes two stages to bring this blessing to pass through Abraham's faith. 
This is how we receive the blessing, first of all. And what we're going to see is the blessing and the promise had to be received in his heart and then released through his lips. In each case, God was doing something and Abraham was responding. So first of all, it says God gives life to the dead. He doesn't give life to the living, to the dead. Abraham, first of all, had to reach the point of death where he knew that he was totally weak in himself. If you're trusting in yourself, in your, that's pride, and you don't qualify to receive, you see, because God gives everything on the basis of grace. So he, it says literally in verse 19 that Abraham considered his own body as already dead, being about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Fully knowing that he was dead, he could not bring it forth, he now qualified because God was the one who gives life to the dead. And so in response, he accepted the fact that he was dead as far as fulfilling the promise was concerned. And what do you do if God's giving life? What do you do? You receive it. And so he received that life. And this is the revelation of El Shaddai, you see, that God comes to us as El Shaddai. In our total weakness and inability, he appears as El Shaddai and he gives his strength, his life, his blessing. And into our weakness, praise God. And that's how El Shaddai works. Why did God wait so long till he was 99? Because he had to wait till he reached the end of himself before he could be El Shaddai to Abraham. And then Abraham was ready to receive this life. Praise God. It says in Romans 4.20 that he was strengthened in faith. But actually, the better translation would be he received strength through faith. And that's what Abraham did. God was giving life to the dead and Abraham received that life, that strength through faith. And then the second step of his dancing with God is described in the fact that God calls those things that be not though they were. Even though Abraham had no children, God said, you are Abraham now. You're the father of, uh, of many nations. And how can Abraham dance with God? If God says you're blessed, what do you need to do? You need to agree with God. You need to say, I'm blessed. You need to confess the word of God over your life. You need to call those things that be not as though they were. Though you cannot see it, you say it. So he had no children, but he said, I'm the father of many nations. He agreed with God. So you need to believe you receive the blessing by faith, and then you need to speak the blessing with your mouth. And that's the revelation of El Shaddai. In your, we in your weakness, you come to God, you look to him, and you receive his grace by faith. And then you declare it with your mouth. And you would have thought that's the ultimate revelation. A man of a hundred with a wife of ninety could receive this supernatural child. But yet there is a further revelation to Abraham was required of Jehovah Jireh. And now we go to Genesis chapter 22. The first revelation is receiving by faith, but the second revelation is something greater. It's giving, it's sowing of what we have received in love. What we have received from God now needs to be given back to God for it to be multiplied. Praise God. And so, yes, God wants you to be blessed, but he also wants you to be a blessing. God gives to us in seed form. Isaac was simply that seed. The whole potentiality is in that seed. But until that seed is sown, the seed cannot produce the harvest that God wants. And so... He received Isaac, but now he's got to do something with Isaac. 
for that to be multiplied, for the blessing to have its fulfillment that needs to work with the seed to multiply it. And, but Abraham had to give that seed up. That's a hard thing to do. And we're going to see that Abraham learned this lesson. And in response, God revealed his name, Jehovah Jireh. And so this is a lesson of love, really. The issue in this story of Genesis 22 is loving God. Did, God, did Abraham love God enough to give his only son the thing that he loved the most? And, and that was the issue, that was the test. It says in Genesis 22, God said to Abraham, now take your son, your seed, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there to God as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll tell you. This is the biggest test of his life. Bigger than, you know, the birth of Isaac. This, everything, everything in his life was wrapped up in Isaac. His, all the promises of God were wrapped up in Isaac and now God was asking him to love to love God and prove that by giving up Isaac and th this is the test for us do we love the blessing more or do we love the blesser God more and we have got as we give as we sow what God has given us we're showing that that thing is not more important to us than God Isaac was just a seed and had he not been sown then what God did through Abraham couldn't have been fulfilled. Uh, but because he was willing to offer up Isaac, God took that seed and multiplied it in a wonderful way. That's what I want you to say. I want, for some people, when they receive what they want from God, they kind of say, well, that's it. That's what I want. I don't need to walk with God anymore. But, the, but you will now have an idol, and now you will come out from the blessing of God, and you'll even lose that good thing that you had. No, the only thing, once God has blessed you, you need to keep giving back to God, putting God first. Now, Abraham could have held on to Isaac and say, no way. But then he would have stopped the blessing growing in his life and into his future. Are you prepared to sow what God has given you? You know, it is a sacrifice. But receiving from God is only the first stage. You now have to sow and give out of what God has given you. And Abraham was willing to offer up Isaac. He wasn't in despair because he knew that Isaac was the blessed seed. He knew that if he sowed Isaac, if he offered up Isaac, God would have to raise him from the dead because all the promises of God had to be fulfilled through Isaac. As he sowed Isaac, it says in Hebrews, by faith Abraham offered up Isaac, expecting God to raise him from the dead. He sowed that seed of his son, expecting a wonderful harvest, that God would indeed raise up Isaac from the dead. Praise God. Now, he did it because he loved God more than anything, even Isaac. And we need to prove that we love God by being willing to give, even sacrificially, as God asks us to. I want you to notice that when Abraham was willing to offer Isaac, it says that the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him because now I know that you fear God, you love God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. God stopped him, but in his heart he had sown his son, he had planted his son. And the f angel of the Lord appeared two times. Now, the first time, he declared, Abraham, you've passed the test. You've sown your seed. 
Then the angel of the Lord appeared a second time, and this time it was to describe the immense harvest that would come through the sowing of his seed. And this harvest was not just the natural seed of Abraham that would come through Isaac, it would also included the seed, the Messiah, who would come now, the greater than Isaac. And in the Messiah is all the spiritual seed, which is us, those who would be believers in Christ. There would be a massive harvest. He describes this, it's be like the stars, like the grains of the sand and the stars in the sky. You know, such will be the harvest of what has happened through your planting the seed. That blessing you had with Isaac was amazing, but it was, would have stayed a small thing. But because he sowed Isaac, there were massive consequences, a massive harvest. Let's see what the angel of the Lord says. He, but second time, by myself I've sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing, because you've sowed this seed, and have not withheld your son, your seed, your only son, blessing I will bless you. So he was already blessed, but because he sowed it, this blessing now is going to be increased a millionfold. Multiplying, I will multiply your seed. This is the harvest, as the stars of the heaven, as the sand on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, this is in Christ in particular, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So now there's a multiplication in all the Gentiles as well that coming into salvation. And it all started with the sowing of this seed because you've obeyed my voice. It wouldn't have happened if, it hadn't, if he hadn't sown that seed. A multiplication, a blessing. How many seeds did he have up to this point? Just one, just Isaac. And because he was willing to plant it, God says, because you've done this, I will surely bless and multiply your seed. God can only multiply the seed that you sow. And this is the classic picture of sowing and reaping. You see, God... Abraham offered up his only beloved son to God. So what did he reap? You reap what you sow. He, Abraham reaped his greater seed, Jesus Christ. You see, he sowed his one and only beloved son to God. And in response, God gave his only beloved son to die for us. By sowing his best seed to God, he reaped from God the sowing of God's best seed, his son. And in Christ, all the blessings of God and all the natural and spiritual seed of Abraham. Praise God. What a harvest from what, because it was a great seed. Abraham, what he did laid the basis for what God would do through Jesus Christ. Praise God. God says, I will send my son in the very same place on Mount Moriah is where Jesus Christ died and rose again. As the, as the fulfillment of that. Well, God so loved the world, you see, that he gave his only son because uh, in, as the harvest of what Abraham did. Well, sowing his son unto death, he reaped God's son to come and die for us and all the fullness of the blessings that come in Christ, which includes all of us. Praise God. Well, Abraham sowed his seed and reaped Jesus then God sowed his greater seed, Jesus, into death. And out of that sowing of this greater seed, Jesus, came a, a glorious harvest of redeemed humanity. You see, God sowed his best seed, a perfect, righteous, holy, glorious man. It, why? In order to reap a harvest of billions of righteous, holy men and women of God. Praise God. 
And this harvest was brought forth in the resurrection because Jesus rose as the head of a new breed of humanity. He's the first fruits from the dead. He's the firstborn among many brethren. So that when Jesus was raised, it wasn't just him, but a whole harvest. We were risen with him. We were part of that same harvest from the sowing of God's seed. Jesus was God's blessed seed and he could have stayed on earth and never died and what a blessing he would have been in the earth over these 2,000 years but he would have stayed alone. But by sowing himself into death he would reap an amazing harvest in resurrection of his seed multiplied. Praise God. Before there was one anointed one but now there are millions of us. Praise God. And this is where God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh. God had said... God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And then it says, Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount, in this mount, the Lord shall be provided. This is the meaning of Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will be seen. The Lord will be provided. Jehovah Jireh is the God of physical manifestation. Because he planted his seed, the Lord himself will be provided on this same mount. That's the, talking about the harvest. Jehovah Jireh is the God of the harvest, the God who multiplies the seed we sow. You see, El Shaddai is the God who supplies seed to the sower, but Jehovah Jireh is the God who multiplies the seed sown. When Abraham sowed his seed, praise God, then God as Jehovah Jireh took that seed and blessed it and multiplied it immensely. And so when you sow, you are trusting in Jehovah Jireh to take that and to multiply it. That's the meaning of Jehovah Jireh. He will bring forth a wonderful harvest from that seed. Praise God. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's El Shaddai, will supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the harvest of your righteousness. That's Jehovah Jireh. Praise God. So he revealed himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh after he had sown his best seed, which was Isaac. Jehovah Jireh is the God of sowing and reaping, the God of increase, the God of harvest, who brings forth a great harvest out of the seed we sow. So it's don't be satisfied with living in a survival way, um, trusting in El Shaddai, but you can move into a higher level by trusting in Jehovah Jireh. And as you give... Praise God. Jehovah Jireh will then come and multiply the seed that you've sown. You see, El Shaddai you receive by faith, by his grace. But in Jehovah Jireh, you add corresponding actions to your faith. You give in love from what you have been given. And then Jehovah Jireh will take that and he will multiply that. And by moving into Jehovah Jireh, trusting him, that's when you move into increase, increased blessing increased prosperity. Meet them both. El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, they're one God, but they're two revelations of the one God.